Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello everyone, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are. The final day of the bumper week. It's been a bumper week. It's going to be a bumper show. We're going to bumper crown with bumper topics, bumper clips and bumper articles. It's a bump fest. Get your bump on in here. Let's bump the shit out of it. Can't wait. (laughs) I've been laughing all morning. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this, our Wednesday edition. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. Hope you had a lovely day. I certainly have. A very busy day. A very busy day collecting clips as they come. (laughs) And then... As I'm watching the clips happening today, as I'm watching the interviews, as I'm watching the press conferences, I couldn't help but think of a time gone by. My mind drifted to a simpler time, a time when everybody knew what was going to happen. A time when we were so sure and so confident that this would be it. We finally got him. Agent Orange is going down going to impeach the motherfucker. And that time was yesterday. (laughs) And I told you, I told you on this show, I think they may have gone off a little too early. I think they may have perhaps gone off a little half cocked, if you will. Well, today it was the full cock. It was the full cock extended today for all to see. And a thing of beauty it was. So we're going to go through... We're going to take the full cock today on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to expose your... Wait, no, don't <laughs> do not do that. Um, if you'd like to go off half cocked, perhaps, maybe that's a better way to say it. Uh, you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Um, while most of us were working, I work nights, so... I kind of mimic it like I've run this show on USA time because I work nights. So while I was at work, the whole Ukraine thing, the impeachment thing, the the letter came out. I was like, oh, shit, I better get to read this. And I didn't even get a chance to read it before everything else was coming out. (laughs) Next thing you know, Donald's sitting there with the president of the Ukraine having a little chat (laughs) like, Jesus, this thing has escalated quickly. This has gone to the next level. Then he's doing a press conference. He's answering questions. It was utterly fantastic. Now, I'm trying to think of how do I start this? Should we start by going back in the past? Should we set the scene? Or should we just go with it, with what was happening today, and then look at what was said yesterday? I decided on the former. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. This is going to be fun. All right. So this afternoon, we'll get right into it. <laughs> there, look at look at the president of the Ukraine. He looks under duress, if you ask me. 
This looks like a man who was surely pressured to be here. This looks like a man who is sitting there against his will next to the president of the United States. The president of the Ukraine does not look happy at all, does he? Don't worry. Let's hear what he's got to say for himself. Thank you very much, everybody. We're with the president of Ukraine, and he's made me more famous, and I've made him more... Roxana in the chat actually saying premature ejaculation. It's funny you say that because that is almost the exact line that I said to a friend earlier. Like a friend and I were just discussing this in passing via text. And, you know, he said something to the effect of, well, you know, any positive news is going to be drowned out by the letter thing, by the transcript. And I think, you know, he hadn't heard, he hadn't heard of this press conference. He hadn't heard of this little sit down and casual chat. And I said, oh, no, no, that's finished. They fucked that right up. <laughs> it's pretty hard to maintain a narrative that the president of the Ukraine was against his will forced to uh, indulge some kind of fantasy about corruption involving Joe Biden when he sits there on camera next to the guy and says, no, I wasn't pressure. And even cracks jokes, cracks jokes along the way. So I said, you know, the media and the Democrat Party, they blew before they could even get her panties off. That's what happened. They were fumbling around in the back seat of dad's car. And next thing you know, it's time to go to the tuck shop, get some popcorn because the action, it's finished. It's over. So they went off too early once again. I will say he's got a great reputation. Ah, Roxbox. Thanks for joining us. Very, very strongly looking into all sorts of corruption and some of the problems. Looking at the corruption. I think it's one of the primary reasons he got elected, his reputation. Absolutely sterling. And it's an honor to be with you. And they'd like to hear every single word. And then they'll say, well, what about today? I think the press would like to stay in the meeting, but we have lots of witnesses if you'd like to have it. But the country of our country is doing phenomenally well. We have lots of witnesses here in the room, just in case. You know, it's not like a whistleblower. It's not like secondhand information. Like, we have lots of witnesses here, if you're interested, if you'd like to know what we're talking about. So, you know, it's up to you. <laughs> they were scoring points off these guys. <laughs> and, if it, like, the camera clicking started to slow down. The the reporters in the room started laughing. They started laughing along. <laughs> yeah, we really are fucked. We really do suck. <laughs> See that? Norady in the chat said he's a comedian. Yeah, I know. We did a whole show about this guy. Um, I forget I forget the name of it. It was a few months ago when the election was happening. And I said, look, they're, they're electing a comedian. This is fantastic. We are. We have the best economy we've ever had. We're the best economy. We have the best employment numbers that we've ever had. We have now almost 160 million people working, which is more than we've ever had. So... We're doing very well in every respect, and I have a feeling that your country is going to do fantastically well, and uh, whatever we can do. Thank, Thank you, very, Thank you very much, Mr. Thank President. You. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a great pleasure to me to be here. Yeah. And uh, it's better to be on TV than by phone. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> like, if this doesn't show people, if this... If that if that moment, look at them laughing. They're laughing at you. If you're a reporter in that room, these two, both of these guys, they're laughing in your face while you're taking photos of it. 
<laughs> it's better to be on TV than on the phone, am I right? Those phone conversations, man, anything can happen. They'll write ridiculous shit. Who? Those guys right there. See him? That fucker right there. <laughs> what a circus. If this doesn't make some people just, like, we're constantly on a quest for, we're looking for self-reflection. You know what I mean? You get the feeling sometimes, like, if only people could take a moment to self-reflect and go, wait, have I really been dedicating the last 10 years of my life to, um, you know, redesigning society around which toilet people should use? Is that really what I'm wasting my time on? Shit. Like, I could have been a golf pro by now. Anything. But constantly trying to push people in the direction of self-reflection. If this isn't a self-reflection moment, then then nothing is. Then they have no hope. And I suspect they have no hope because later on in the show, we're going to play some questions that were fielded by the president, by the press corps, and it doesn't get any better. <laughs> they still haven't figured it out. But anyway. And, uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. And I, I'm, I'm thank not, you very much, uh, the first time truly say in New York. Right. But I know that you've never been in Ukraine. That's right. And uh, your predecessor also, how to say it in English, didn't find time. I mean, <laughs> Just gives a little backhand to Barack Obama as well. Your predecessor, how do you say in English, was a cunt. No, no, he didn't find time. That's what I meant. Just kind of slipped out. Just a little slap to Barack. Thanks for coming. So, uh, a little can giggle. you give me a word that you will come to our great country? Well, I'm going to try. And I know a lot of people. I, do, I will say this. I know a lot of people from Ukraine. They're great people. I, to I told you that's what he does. <clears throat> when we were talking about uh, the president correctly pointing out that Australian steak is superior to American steak to the Australian reporter. Do you remember? And he's like, you know what, I, I have to say, I, I know a lot of Australian people, very strong people, fine people. And, you know, it's a tremendous country filled with uh, very nice people. I know a lot of us. I know a lot of people from that particular country. I have a lot of friends from the country that you're from, whatever that is. And I said to you, I bet you he says this to everyone. I get the feeling that he just says this to all the boys to make the boys feel special. What are you, Burkina Faso? Trust me, I've got a lot of friends from Burkina Faso. Okay, one of my hotels is in a city. I'm not going to tell you where it is. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people from Burkina Faso there. And i got to say, beautiful country. I know a lot of people. Very strong people. Fine people. I, I love the people from Burkina Faso. And I think they like me too, but I'm not sure. He says it to everybody. Today, it's Australia was the boyfriend two days ago. And we've just been loved and dumped on the sidewalk somewhere, and now the Ukraine is the honey. So, and I own something. That's the way it goes. Thing called the Miss Universe pageants years ago, and I sold it to IMG. And when I ran for president, I thought maybe it wouldn't be the greatest thing to own the Miss. Like I can see why he pisses them off because he, now here he is. He's meeting the president of the Ukraine. This is the moment when the world's, like the world's best media in the United States, this was the moment they, they were sending their missiles in. We've got him now. We've got him now. We've got him. This, this letter thing from the Ukraine, this is going to sink this bastard. He's finished. We finally, we've got the smoking gun, guys. So here they are. It's fever pitch. It's Super Bowl 
You know, they're ready. They're ready to take the field and take this guy down. They're going to fish hook him. And he's there with the president of Ukraine. They're laughing. They're cracking jokes. And now he's talking about his fucking beauty pageant <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, I used to have this thing called the uh, Miss World pageant. It's one hell of a one hell of a show we had there. And, uh, you know, we had a we had a girl uh, from the Ukraine. I, I must say tremendous women in your country. <laughs> I, I know a lot of women from the Ukraine. They're beautiful people. Very beautiful people in the Ukraine. So uh, tremendous people in the Ukraine, especially the women. Big, big, you know, they got big things in front of them, those girls. But, yeah, they used to own the Miss Universe pageant. The reporters must be standing there, you know, like veins bulging out of the side of their neck. What the hell is going on, Mr. Editor? You said we would have him today. Why the hell is he talking about the Miss Beauty pageant? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't okay just be calm we'll find a way we'll find a way we'll, we're still winning here we're still getting this guy it's fine universe and miss usa pageant but it's a great thing and uh, it's we a great had thing a winner from ukraine pageant is a great thing and uh, we've really had uh, we got to know the country very well in a lot of different ways but <laughs> the country i think with tremendous potential yes i know it so because we had a winner from the miss because we had a miss universe pageant winner from the ukraine through that I got to figure. I got to learn a lot about the country in a lot of different ways. Because <laughs> I'm from that country, right. <laughs> and I, I want to thank you for uh, invitation to uh, Washington. Right. You invited me. Washington. But I think I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but, but I think you forgot to tell me the date. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in the near future. They'll tell you the date. I don't know if you heard that or not. You forgot to tell me the date. They had a little laugh. Trump points to the press and says, don't worry, they'll tell you the date. And then the Ukrainian president says, yes, they know before us. <laughs> so they're, la they're openly laughing in the faces of the media. Could not give a fuck. This has to be probably, this. this I think this would go down as the worst day for the press at least since Election Day years ago. And I don't even like talking about Election Day because it's so far in the past now. So much has happened in between that it's kind of redundant. But I think this day, this single day today, is quite possibly the most embarrassing day for the press ever, at least since 2016. They haven't really done it well. I mean, imagine how Nancy Pelosi feels right now. Doing her big speech yesterday. Like, did she not know that the president of the Ukraine was going to be here the next day? Did they just fly him out on the back of Nancy doing that little speech? Yeah, hi, Mr. President. Would you mind coming out to Washington? This is going to be great. We're going to punk these guys big time. Trust me, you're going to love it. Yeah, Nancy did a little fucking speech there. And you, you just come over here, sit down, you work with me. Follow my lead, okay? Just have a laugh, smile at the camera, say it's all good. Did, did she not know that this was going to happen? The media ran with it. It's all over. I mean, look at this. Just one of the many articles that I could have drawn from today. Old <laughs> America's sweetheart, Hillary Clinton, says Trump has betrayed our country. <laughs> looks like so. It looks like one hell of a betrayal. This is the most courteous betrayal I've ever seen. 
Hillary Clinton on Wednesday said President Trump betrayed the United States, calling him a danger following the release of a transcript, uh, transcript of his call with Ukrainian President President Vladimir Zelensky. Let's have a little look at what CNN was saying two days ago. All right, well, this is five-page transcript. It appears to be a nearly complete transcript of the July call, Poppy, oh, yeah. where President Trump asked Ukrainian President Zelensky several times to collaborate with Attorney General Barr and his attorney, uh, Rudy Giuliani, his private attorney, to look into Biden and his son, Hunter. Now, <laughs> they can't even... They can't even now at this point be open and honest about it, even though everybody has the transcript. But listen to what she says next. So she's saying, oh, the president said, you know, multiple times, Rudy Giuliani should collaborate. He's collaborating with the Ukraine, guys. He's doing it again. But wait, there's more. Now, we should note President Zelensky mentioned outreach to Giuliani first. Again, it's... Yeah, we should mention that because it's kind of important, don't you think? Breaking news. President Donald Trump mentions Rudy Giuliani multiple times in conversations with the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, although we should mention mention that Zelensky mentioned Giuliani first. <laughs> we should mention that. Might just want to squeeze that into the reporting somewhere, that he's actually the guy who brought it up. Yeah, you better. Because if you don't do it soon, ah, oh, too late. Now they're already having a chat. Now they're already laughing about you. Oh, well. Them's the breaks. <laughs> you to thank you, especially, Mr. President, to USA, to your government. Thank you, the uh, USA. Like said, thank you, many, Mr. President. Many people, many faces, like the second family, after you, my Ukrainian family, we know each other. Thank you for your support. Especially thank you now for your when, support. You know, when we have two, really two... Gee, he sounds like it sounds like he's got a gun to his head, doesn't it? Oh, the second family. Thank you so much, Mr. President. Thank you for your support. I mean, if you were reading the press yesterday, print media, if you were watching the media yesterday, it was like Donald. It was basically Donald Trump has threatened to nuke the Ukraine unless they dig up dirt on his political opponents. He's such a bully. He's a corrupt bully. We need to impeach him immediately. <laughs> it's like, thank you, Mr. President. You know, uh, it's like a second family for me. And, you know, uh, I respect you. And I want to say thank you for your support. You know, we're doing tremendous work. It's lovely to be here in Washington. And, you know, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Trump. You're, you're a lovely man. <laughs> yeah, he's really under pressure here. Sweating bullets. <laughs> in Ukraine, the first one is with corruption, you know, but we'll fight. No, we'll be winner in this we'll be winner. fight, I'm sure. And uh, the priority, my priority, is the, mm. to stop the war on Donbass. <laughs> the body language. Yeah. <laughs> Comment in the chat. The body language is so hostile. They're leaning in. They're getting close to each other. They're very comfortable with one another. Oh, it's just it's just got pressure and threat of life all over it, doesn't it? Back our territories, Donbass, Lugansk. Thank you for your support in this case. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. President. If you remember, you lost Crimea during a different administration, not during the Trump administration. <laughs> so you have a chance to help us. That's right. That was during the Obama administration that you lost Crimea. And I didn't think it was something that you should have, but that was... Oh. <laughs> so, 
the big Russian puppet. The big Russian puppet, Donald Trump. And remember, the whole time, the cameras are there. Their microphones are held aloft, and the cameras are there. You know, just by the way, I just want to say, uh, when Russia came in and fucked you and stole the Crimea, I wasn't in favor of that. That was the previous guy. That was Obama who approved that. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump, the big Russian puppet, giving him a kick in the nuts. (laughs) <laughs> on TV, <laughs> sitting there with the leader of the Ukraine, patting him on the shoulder, having a giggle, talking about how much he loves the Ukrainian women or something. I don't know. Oh, by the way, the Crimea, that was very bad, very bad. That was Obama, though. That wasn't me. So we got a chance to fix that shit. <laughs> it's just bad. So many narratives got destroyed today in in space of five minutes. It was utterly sensational done a long time ago and i think it was handled poorly uh, but it's just one of those things one of the just one uh, of those elements things. that we discussed is the united states helps ukraine but i think that other countries should help ukraine much more than they're doing germany france uh, the european <laughs> union nations they really should help you a lot more <laughs> okay so if we if we're keeping track if we're keeping score he has now bashed the press. He's bashed Russia. He's bashed Obama. And he's bashed also uh, Germany, France, the UK. <laughs> Everybody's getting a surf. <laughs> and, you know, even though Barack Obama bent over and took it sideways over Crimea and really fucked you guys, you know, that was the previous guy. I'm not like him. I'm a good guy. He's a bad guy. Uh, you know, we've done a lot for the Ukraine, but... Don't forget Germany. I mean, that Merkel, she's a real son of a bitch, too. She didn't really help you at all. So I really think the EU could probably do a lot more for the Ukraine, like we do for the Ukraine, because, you know, I really love the Ukraine. I, I ran a beauty pageant. We had a girl who won. She was from the Ukraine. I really learned a lot about your beautiful country. Love you. I love your people. Let me tell you, I know a lot of people from the Ukraine. Great people. Tremendous people. So we do a lot for the Ukraine. I really think Germany... You know, Merkel could pull her finger out of her ass and do something for you guys. That would be tremendous. You know, help the Ukraine a little bit. And I think maybe together we'll work on that. They have to feel a little bit guilty about it. They have they don't to do what feel they guilty about it. You're very important to the European <laughs> Union. You're very important, strategically very important. And I think they oh. should spend a lot more in helping Ukraine. And they know that also. And they actually tell me that. But they don't seem to produce... Uh, so I'm sure you'll talk to them, and I'll certainly be talking to them. I'll talk to them. Thank you very much, Mr. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry for a lot of me. I'll talk to them. I'll fix this. I'll talk to I'll talk to Germany. Don't worry. I'll sort it out for you. I'm here to help you. It sounds, sounds like a mob boss, right, Mr. Schiff? President, uh, and you know, now we need... We, I want to tell you that we now load the new country. And uh, I'm sorry, but we don't need help. We need support, real support. And uh, we thank uh, thanks everybody. I think uh, all of the European countries which help us. <laughs> he does. Matt. He does the diplomacy thing. So he's like, please, um, Mr. Trump insulted you. I'm just trying to be a nice guy. I'm only the Ukraine. We're not the big player here. Trump's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. We got this. <laughs> Come with me, Mr. President. Don't worry, you not you don't have to suck up to that bitch Merkel anymore. Trust me. We got you. We got this, bro. So yeah, that was utterly tremendous.
So a few hours later after this absolute massacre, after after two days after the Dems started calling for impeachment because apparently what was in the phone, the contents of the phone call was so outrageous and so egregious and it absolutely had to be an impeach, impeachable offence. It was a crime. Remember Pelosi yesterday? We did the clip on the show. Every single crime you can think of was broken. She she even started to give a history lesson on the Constitution. She stood in front of American flags. You have not seen a Democrat in front of an American flag for the last three and a half years. But every single flag in the country was behind Nancy Pelosi yesterday. She even wore one on, you know, she even wore a badge of an American flag over her patriotic beating heart and started talking about the Constitution and we're a Republican, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and you know, if we need to protect our, our republic, the, the director of uh, national intelligence and <laughs> protect our republic. Because she, she cares. She's a patriot. So after that complete shit show yesterday, then you have this sit down with uh, the president of the Ukraine. And then a few hours later, he did a press conference and he started taking questions from people. So here we go. Thank you, Mr. President. You've suggested... Oh, the 33,000 emails question? I don't know where it is. Like, this is an 18-minute clip, so it could go for a while. And I've got so much to get through. I've already been gone for half an hour already, so I'll have to jump past it. Uh, so here's a question he fielded from the press corps about should he have released the, should he have released the, uh, the contents of the phone call to the press? Which is amazing, too, because if you remember yesterday, Chuck Schumer gave a little presser a little doorstop and Chuck Schumer basically admitted that he had no idea what the conversation was about, but Congress needs to see the conversation in order to prove that the conversation was illegal. He was like, Congress needs to see this because we need, we need facts. We need to, we need to make informed decisions. So Congress needs to see the contents of this phone call because we don't even know what's in the phone call and we might have to impeach him because of what's in the phone call. So yesterday, the press was in a, in a fury to say, hey, we need to get this information to Congress. The Democrats in Congress demand this information. So Trump's like, all right, fuck them. Just release it to everybody. Give it to everyone. Now what? So now, 12 hours later, the spin has become, do you really think you should have given the information out to everybody? <laughs> We live in a free country. We demand to know the truth. Okay, here's the truth. We don't want to see the truth. Why did you release this? Don't you know how dangerous that is? That you didn't do anything wrong in the course of your conversations with the Ukrainian president. Um, oh, we have to replay this because this is beautiful. This shows the slipperiness, the snideness, the deceptiveness of the press. Just listen carefully to the way this guy frames his question, okay? Thank you, Mr. President. You've suggested that you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> You've suggested you didn't do anything wrong. That's the first thing. He's like, no, no, no. You would say, no, no, I didn't suggest I didn't do anything wrong. I wasn't implying I didn't do anything wrong. I told you I didn't do anything wrong. Do you see that there's a difference here? Like, I'm not suggesting that it's hot outside. It's hot outside. I'm not suggesting that water is wet. Water is wet. I'm not suggesting I didn't do anything wrong. Like I'm trying to hide something or cover it up or be a little bit tricky with my language. No, no, no. I just told you I didn't do anything wrong. Get it right. 
So that's the first indication there. These these are the kind. This is the kind of shit, the kind of tricks that the press do all the time. In the course of your conversations with the Ukrainian president, um, but can you explain to the American people why it is appropriate for an American president to ask a foreign leader for information <laughs> about a political rival, and what you would have said if you discovered that Barack Obama perhaps had asked a foreign leader for information about you before yeah. the campaign for the presidency? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, Tim shit. He doesn't have to explain why it's appropriate that he said something to the leader of the Ukraine. You're supposed to explain why it's inappropriate that he did it. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to prove why something is appropriate. I don't have to uh, explain why it's appropriate to wash my hands after I take a piss. If I don't wash my hands and take when I take a piss and then come out, you tell me that it's inappropriate not to wash my hands. That's the way it works. Like, I don't come out of the bathroom and say, okay, I just want to let you know that I washed my hands after I took a piss. And this is appropriate because of the germs that might be transferred from my penis to my hands, to your food, to your mouth when I create, when I uh, tee up dinner a little later on. So I just want to let you know that it's appropriate that I washed my hands. That's not the way it works. It's up to you to say that what he did is inappropriate. He doesn't have to explain himself to you. You see the way they frame shit? Like, it's, they, they think that they have the power to make you come to them and justify your actions to them. Like, they are, the, they are the gatekeepers of truth. They are the ones. We will decide what's appropriate, Mr. President. <laughs> Mr. President, how could you? Oh, Mr. President, are you saying that you said something to the leader of the Ukraine without clearing it past my editor first? How dare you, sir? How awful. Doesn't work that way. Isn't just, he doesn't have to justify shit to you. If you want to claim that it's inappropriate, be like, have the balls and come out and say it. But not this pissing around the edges. Can I'm sorry, Mr. President, can you please explain uh, why you think it's appropriate? Fuck. That's like something a parent would ask a toddler. That's something a teacher would ask, you know, an eight-year-old in class. Can you explain why it's appropriate for you to pick your nose in class? Why do you think that's appropriate? <laughs> He's the fucking president. You're a nobody. You're a nobody reporter. Well, that's what he did, isn't it, really, when you think about it, that, that whole witch hunt was started, and hopefully that'll all come out. What would you do if Mr. Obama did the same thing? And he's like, well, that's pretty much what he did, isn't it? <laughs> but there have been some fantastic books written that just came out. Starts plugging Whether the books. Whether you uh, look at Greg Jarrett or uh, McCarthy's book that just... Uh, just came out recently, and so many other books. I mean, a lot of books are coming out. When you start reading books. those Got books, a lot you see what they there. did to us. What they've done to this country is a disgrace. They've hurt this country very badly, and no other president should have to go through what I've gone through. Uh, the uh, president, the new president of Ukraine... See, they get really shitty because he does the shit that they do, right? They get shitty because they would call this dodging. So, well... Mr. President dodged questions on the appropriateness of his conversation with the leader of the Ukraine today and instead started plugging his friend's books. But it's like we've watched enough of politicians to know that this is exactly the kind of shit that they do. He just does it a little differently, but he's still doing the same thing, right? ...is looking to stop corruption. 
There's a lot of corruption going on, and there was corruption. I just told you about senators that threatened him with votes and Tremendous no money books. coming into Ukraine. You're going to love these books. I've met a lot of things. people. That's really what people I met a trying. lot of the people in these books, and let me tell you, they're very good people, strong people. The people that write these books do tremendous work. Beautiful books, big, beautiful books. You're going to love say these that books. I did, but the only difference is I didn't do it. You take a look at that call. It was perfect. I didn't do it. There was no quid pro quo. But there was with Biden and there was with these senators. Uh, and uh, they threatened. They said, you do this, you do that. We're not going to give you votes. That's, that's the real deal. So we have a, an honest group of people that have been maligned. And, you know, it's a lot of people say I'll do, I'll do even better. I'm very happy. Yesterday, I guess we had a, a 53 <laughs> poll, and a lot of people say <laughs> add 10 points. Starts talking about his own polling numbers. <laughs> so he's like, well, you know, the thing that you're accusing me of, I just read out a whole list of senators who did exactly what you're accusing me of. The only difference is I didn't do it. They did it. I didn't do it. So, you know, but, in, but anyway, you know, that's the problem here. It's the real deal. By the way, uh, we got our latest polling numbers. I'm very popular. People say, you know, some people say, I wouldn't say, but some people say that, you know, you can add 10 points to what Donald Trump is polling. So if it's 53, it's really 63. I know you people don't like to talk about that very much. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of books coming out. Tremendous books. <laughs> like, like I, if I'm being honest, I can see why he annoys them so much. <laughs> Uh, this is another part of the little show later on. Although I also happen to think uh, World Trade Organization was not one of the greats, uh, not one of the greats. That was the creation of China, which went like a rocket ship from the day they signed. It was it was terrible. But um, no, we're going to find out. That's going to be a very interesting question with uh, Nancy and uh, Chuck and all of these people focusing on the witch hunt. Uh, because Chuck. they can't beat us at the ballot. They can't beat us at the ballot. Because they, they call him Trump. They don't call him Mr. President. They co don't call him <clears throat> Donald Trump. They just call him Trump. So he just calls them by their first name. So, uh, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see what uh, Nancy and uh, Chuck... <laughs> like, you might greet, like you might greet a guy in the hallway at the office. Hey, Chuck. What's happening, Chucky boy? going on big chucko chuckaroonie <laughs> it's dumb i love it but it's dumb and they're not going to win the presidential we're having great polls Chuck. we have internal polls that are for ohio uh iowa pennsylvania's looking good north carolina <laughs> we just won two races that a lot of people, th we thought we were going to lose both those races. One was down 17 points three weeks before the race, and he ended up winning. This was a question on NAFTA. <laughs> so, Mr. President, um, if you don't get the USMCA bill through, does that mean it's the end of NAFTA? Is that going to be the end of NAFTA? Well, let, let me tell you, that's an interesting question. It all probably depends on uh, Nancy and Chuck and what they're doing, but... Uh, you know, let me tell you something. We've got great polling numbers in Wisconsin. Uh, Pennsylvania is looking very good. <laughs> he just starts talking about the election again. <laughs> I'm watching it, Garney. Just he, he obviously doesn't give a fuck what any of these people think anymore. He could not care less. He's not answering their questions. He's not explaining himself to them. 
because I think now he's finally got it that it doesn't matter what he says, right? Like, we've been saying this for three years. It literally does not matter what this guy says anymore. It, it makes no difference. They're just going to write whatever they write anyway, and they'll just ask the questions as if he hasn't answered them anyway. So you may as well just say what you want. Like, while the microphones are on and while the cameras are there, you may as well just talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about because they're not going to listen to your answers anyway. So you just go for it. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question on trade. Um, you know, we'll, we'll look into that. But let me tell you something. Uh, the people of Wisconsin, they love Trump. You know, we're ahead of Wisconsin by 15 points, the latest polls. We got internal polls showing that we, uh, we do it very well. And, uh, you know, the people of Wisconsin, they're, they're great people, very strong people. And, you know, they, they, like, they like what we do. And, uh, you know, Pennsylvania is looking very good. So, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're very much looking forward to a good, good campaign. We're going to have a good, great campaign. We're doing the, uh, the internal polling right now. And, uh, you know, let me tell you, 53% we're up to now. 53. And, uh, you know, some people say that you can add, you know, 10 points to whatever Trump is polling. And I, I don't say that, but some people say that. So, you know, we could be 63%. So, we, you know, it's a great question. And, uh, we, you know, we're looking very good in Wisconsin. So, yeah. By a substantial margin, by a substantial margin, and uh, Dan Bishop. And uh, then we had a second race, as you know, and he uh, was up one or two points, and he ended up winning by, what was it, 25 points or some <laughs> incredible? I'll ask you folks because I don't want to be inaccurate. Otherwise, I'll have a front-page story. We have breaking news. Trump exaggerated, um, but he won by many, many points. And he was leading by maybe two, maybe three, but he won by uh, in the 20s. So it's, it's been so we're looking great in North Carolina, looking great in looking Florida. Looking great in North Carolina. And you had one or two congressmen, Democrats, saying, listen, we can't beat him at the election, so let's impeach him. <laughs> right? Didn't you hear Al Green? That's a beauty. He's a real beauty, that guy. See, the beauty of this, too, when he was asked the question, the reporter said, look, I'll ask a question on the economy. She was from Fox Business. She said, I'll ask a question on the economy and I'll let the other people talk about impeachment. He's going to bring it back to impeachment because guess what? He now wants you talking about impeachment all the time. And we went over all of the reasons why now impeachment, the Democrats should be, if they had any brain whatsoever, should be running as far away from the I word as quickly as possible. Because when average people, even people who didn't vote for Donald Trump, when they hear the term impeachment, they don't like it. It is a very, very, very unpopular thing to do, even to people that you don't like. Because voters, rightly or wrongly, see it as the, pol the, the political system taking power away from them. Voters want to have the right to vote out somebody if they choose it, Right. So when other politicians decide, no, we're going to get rid of this guy for you, people get the shits with that. <clears throat> and it was proven with the impeachment in the House of Bill Clinton because the Republicans got eviscerated at the following elections and it will be proven again by the Democrats doing this now, by, by ramping this up. It's only going to hurt them. And like we've said so many times on this show, and trust and verify, there's around 70 congressional seats that are held by very slim margins that are in purple districts, swinging districts, where it's basically 50-50, and a few hundred votes or a couple of thousand votes can switch it from one way to the other. They will all be lost to the Republicans when they push for impeachment. 
if you know upwards of 70% of the population as a whole are against impeachment then those those seats that are 50-50 and on very thin margins will swing violently to the GOP in the house uh, but he said very distinctively it's all it was all over the place i don't know they're trying to lose that tape i guess <laughs> uh, but he said uh, we can't, essentially, he said, we can't beat him, let's impeach him. That's pretty, that's pretty dangerous stuff. Steve, go ahead. Thank you, sir. Uh, you had expressed some concerns about the precedent of releasing the transcript. Yeah, I don't Why like did it. you go ahead and do it? Because I was getting such fake news, and I just <laughs> thought it would be better. And now they're asking for the first phone conversation, and I'll release that, too, if it's important to you. But they're asking for because I had a conversation previous on a previous election previous election uh, plateau that uh, plateau. he had hit the uh, the current president hit a couple of different plateaus and mm. i spoke to him uh, previous to the call that we released which was a very innocent call uh, very very innocent very, very innocent. nice call no, and nice as he call. said we were i wasn't pushed i wasn't pushed meaning pressured he wasn't pressured at all uh, but i don't like the concept of releasing calls because when a president or a prime minister or a king or a queen calls the United States, you don't like to say, gee, we're going to release your call to the fake news media and they're going to make you look like a fool. Oh. <laughs> he really has palpable disdain for these people now, three years in, doesn't he? He just points to them and says, you know, I don't want other world leaders to think that their phone calls are going to be released to you scum and you're going to make them look foolish. You fake news scum sitting here. You trash. <laughs> he says it not nicer than that. But that's essentially what he's getting at. You know, I don't want I don't want the other world leaders to think that with you the scum sucking blood sucking peasant pigs that you are in the press that uh, they're not going to have any confidential conversations with me. That wouldn't be right. So I wouldn't want you to get your grubby, snivelly little hands on any private conversations and make my friends, the tremendous people of the Ukraine, I wouldn't want you to make them think that, you know, I wouldn't want you to make them look foolish because you're trash, basically. Uh, what happens is... It's hard to do business that way. You want to have people feel comfortable. So I hated it, but uh, you folks were saying such lies, such horrible things about a call that was so innocent and so nice. In fact, uh, Lindsay... I love, and I love the hand mo motion too. You people, you people out there were saying such lies. It's like he, he's like a model at a car showroom you know, or, or on The Price is Right, and here is the Ferrari. And she just gives him bling with her arm in the sequin dress. And by the way, you people out there, you people, you trash, uh, you know, you were just writing these worst, the most horrible lies, but, you know, it's, just, it's all very casual, all very blase about it. Graham said to me when he read it, it was very interesting. Like he's not getting angry at them anymore. Have you noticed? He's not angry about it. He just accepts it. He just accepts the fact that they're trash and they're just going to lie all the time. So he's not angry about it. He's not surprised by it. He just rolls with it. Yeah, like, I don't like releasing the stuff because, you know, you people out there, because you're so shitty, uh, you know, you'll probably make them look foolish. But uh, the reason that I decided to release it is because, you know, you guys couldn't help yourself. And, 
you were just writing bullshit like you always do. So, you know, what are you going to do, right? And now you're wanting the other phone call. I'll give that to you if you want as well. It was really innocent. I go, you know, but if it keeps you happy, whatever, because you're trashy people, but I get it. So you've got to write something, you know. Like, yeah, it's so casual. So matter of fact. Yeah, well, whatever. A good man is a smart man. He said, I can't believe it. I never knew you could be this really nice to a person. <laughs> I like the way that he works in compliments for himself as well. <laughs> He works in, he finds ways to work in compliments about himself. So, you know, I was talking to Lindsey Graham earlier today and Lindsey's a very smart man, very smart man, because of course a smart man would say nice things about him. You see what he does? <laughs> so, you know, I was talking to Lindsey Graham before and Lindsey Graham's basically a fucking genius, right? This guy, this guy is so smart. I mean, he's like Mensa, you know what I mean? He's very, very smart man. And he said to me, uh, Donald, I, can, I can't believe that you could be so nice on a phone call. He said, I, I couldn't believe it. You were so nice. I haven't seen this side of you. Lindsey Graham, very smart man. Lindsey Graham knows things. He's a very intelligent individual. Very nice man. <laughs> he said, Donald, you, you were so nice on the phone. Because he's a smart guy. He knows. He knows how, how nice I am. Because he's smart. He said... I, I cannot believe it. You were so nerd. I didn't think you had that in you to be so nice. I was nice. I'm nice to a lot of people. People don't understand that. Uh, but I was. But he was shocked that it was such a nice call. He was shocked. And he said, there, he said, there is man. nothing he was here. And, and all fair people say the same thing. But I don't like the precedent, Steve. I don't like it where... He said the same thing, that there was nothing wrong with the call. And all fair people say, say the same thing, Steve. You know, not you people. You people don't say that, but fair people do. Uh, you're dealing with heads of state, and to think that their call is going to be released. Uh, but I, I felt that, and you know, we spoke to Ukraine about it. Mike actually called up his counterpart, and uh, we spoke to Ukraine about it because we wanted, because it could have been, if they didn't want us to do it, we would not have done it. But he actually said that was a very innocent call. You can release it all you want. And are you now braced for? <laughs> I'm laughing because, like, it's not it's not about the politics. It's not about yay Trump or anything like that. It's really just about this is a this is a surgical disembowelment of the corporate press that's taking place here. This is just devastating. He's, he's shoving plastic right up their ass and lighting a fuse. And it's just beautiful to see. Like, this, this is so emasculating. This is so humiliating for the press. After the, tight, the, tight, the, the ridiculous crusade that they've been on over the last 48 hours. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's awful. It's treason. Like, there, there were people on, on CNN and MSNBC saying he needs to be hanged for this. He needs to be executed for treason. <laughs> this is the shit they're running with. This is the shit that they're printing in the paper. He's betrayed all of us. Oh, think of the, Nancy yesterday. Think of the Constitution and the Founding Fathers. We need to do our duty. No man is above the law. This is unacceptable. And he, to, to come out and just be so casual about it, cracking jokes with the leader of the Ukraine, 
laughing in their faces about what a terrible shit show they've created telling jokes like saying you know just basically treating them with complete complete contempt in the press conference well you people are just going to lie anyway because that's what you do because you're so pathetic not getting angry about it like because they would think if we can't be right at least we can make him look bad look make him look angry that would be a win still and they can't even do that right it, like I said, it is by far probably the most humiliating day for the corporate press since the election in 2016. Long impeachment saga. Well, I thought like, we like, What a question. Are you preparing yourself for a long impeachment saga? Can you imagine if they go, if they continue on with the impeachment saga after this, after this shit today? Can you imagine that? God, please do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> It won't get any better. You might think that it couldn't get any worse, but it definitely won't get any better. So, absolutely. Go on. Go with the long impeachment saga. On, I thought it was dead. It was dead. The Mueller report, no obstruction, no collusion. You look at all of the things that happened. Uh, Corey Lewandowski was fantastic the other day as, <laughs> as a person that they... He even, he even gives Corey a, like, bro fist. <laughs> By the way, uh, our polling numbers are tremendous. Uh, we're doing really well in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, you, you talk impeachment. Well, you know, I thought it was dead. I thought it was finished. But uh, Corey Lewandowski did a great job the other day. Tremendous job. Corey really gave you guys, <laughs> Corey really gave you guys the middle figure there. It was tremendous. Very entertaining from Corey Lewandowski. He's done a tremendous job making you people look like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck this guy fuck him it's not gonna stop it's it's only gonna keep going it's only gonna get worse this is only gonna accelerate now because they're so they're so prideful people who work in the press too they genuinely think that they're better people they think they are the they they are the only ones who can disseminate truth and the only ones who know what's right and what's wrong. They really do have a pole up their ass, journalists. And most of them are raging alcoholics. You know, I think I've said this before, but uh, James O'Keefe said it well. James O'Keefe is the guy who started Project Veritas, and he said the problem with modern journalists is they think journalism is an identity. But journalism is not an identity. It's an activity. So, you know, if you're just walking down the street and you see something happen, you take out your smartphone, you record it, you go home, you put the video up and you write a little blog about it, you're doing journalism at that point. You are you are essentially, for one of a, you know, for all intents and purposes, you are a journalist at that point. But the journalists in the corporate press don't see it that way. They think that, you have to be on their level. You have to be elevated to be one of them. And you have to surround yourself with the other colleagues and you have to be on the main, on the main channels and you have to write for the big papers and you get your press pass and people, you, you, you think that you have a right to pry into people's lives and you think you have a right to write whatever you want about people and they need to explain themselves to you because you're the journalist, you know what I mean? So it's a very prideful, very narcissistic um, vocation for the most part. Not all of them, 
But <clears throat> I tend to think that the ones who are actually really good at what they do and ethical and really care about what they do probably don't get to the same levels as the Jim Acostas because they're probably not backbiting enough. They're probably not backstabbing enough. They're probably not lying enough. They're probably not deceiving enough to get there. And they're, they're probably locked out, right? You have been tormenting. You look at all the people that they've tormented, all the legal fees. People came here with, with bright eyes. They wanted to bright eyed make life so great for other people. And they left where they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees that they didn't have. And it's a sad thing. What these Democrats have done to ruin lives... Yeah, Lisa in the chat says they see their jobs as, as their identity because they don't think they should ever be fired. That's definitely true. The job for life. I mean, look at Bernstein. Bernstein still comes out. Like every three or four months, they blow the dust off that fossil and wheel him in front of a camera again so he could say the exact same shit that he's been saying for the last 40 years. You know what he says? You know, this, this is a lot like Richard Nixon. This is a lot like what happened to Richard Nixon. This, that's the only thing that he ever says. I'm, I'm almost convinced that he's had a stroke at some point in the last 20 years, and that's all he's capable of saying now. So we've had a, we've had a breaking report today. Uh, somebody leaked a memo, and lots of it's blacked out, but somebody in the memo mentioned something about the Ukraine. Uh, I'd like to bring on Leonard Bernstein to talk about this. Uh, Mr. Bernstein, what do you think about the revelations today regarding the memo about the Ukraine? Well, I think it, it reminds me a lot about what happened to Richard Nixon. Thank you, Mr. Bernstein. Another insightful comment. Another insightful comment from, of, from the Watergate guy. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. The guy who wrote about Watergate. Is there anything else you'd like to say about uh, the president and the GOP, Mr. Bernstein? Yes, it you know, reminds me a lot about what happened to Richard Nixon. Well, thank you, Mr. Bernstein. Are you writing another book? I am. Thank you for asking. You'll be pleased to know that I'm branching out. My book is going to be about the commonalities between the Trump presidency and Richard Nixon. <laughs> it's all he ever talks about. He's got to be the most boring man on earth, which means he's probably suitable for CNN primetime, which is where he finds himself most days. It's so sad. I have seen people... With only good intention, they came to Washington because they wanted to make the United States and the world a better place. And they wanted. <laughs> I love this. This is tremendous. Because I'm really cynical when it comes to politics. So I don't think for a second that everybody who works for Donald Trump just wanted to go to and make the world a better place. That's really airy, fairy, cringy language to me. Because, you know, knowing politicians, they, they really aren't like that. They seek out power. They, you know, they want to. They want to advance their careers. They want to make money, just like everybody else. But they have to drape themselves in this, you know, moral preening constantly, which is really quite sickly. But so <laughs> now, I love the fact that he's doing it here, because this is the kind of shit that all of the Democrats constantly do. You know, we just wanted to make the world a better place. You know, my guys, they came here. Bright-eyed, <laughs> they gave me a bright-eyed, and they had dreams. Jim, Jim, what you're doing to these people is awful. These people came here and they had dreams, and you know what their dreams were? They wanted to come to Washington and make the world a better place, and you robbed that of them. You stole that from them, Jim. You stole their dreams. You stole my dreams and my childhood. How? 
dare you? Stealing dreams. On home, they were dark. Dark they days They got hit home. by Mueller subpoenas. I think there were 2,500 subpoenas or some ridiculous number. 500 people were interviewed, and yet they don't interview Joe Biden <laughs> and his son. And his if you're son? a Democrat, you have automatic I protection. That's son. years and years of people putting in certain people into positions. Wow. Who would have ever thought that you would ever hear this from a president? It's one of those things that we know that it's always happened, but nobody ever talks about it, right? So here he is. You know, you know this kind of corruption, whether it's Joe Biden, whether his son, this comes from people years and years and years of putting people in certain positions, right? Corrupt people, people you can control. <laughs> they, must have, they must have been sitting there at this point with their jaws open going, what? Did he really just say that? He's saying everybody's corrupt. Fantastic. Uh, but when you look at all of the um, all of the trauma that these fakers have caused, and the press, the look, fakers, the press is much of the press is not only fake; it's corrupt. These stories they write are corrupt. They're so wrong, and they know that. You know, it used to be I used to get great press until I went. For- so he's talking to the press, but he's referring to them as they. <laughs> which is a big power move, you know what I mean? <laughs> when somebody's in the room and you're talking about that person and you refer to them as they, like just say it's me, Donald, and let's say Mike is in the room, Mike Pompeo standing there next to Trump. And I say something to Trump like, well, so what do you think is happening with this Iran situation? And it's like, well, you know, there's been a lot of incompetence when it comes to Iran, you know, uh, uh, the guy who's in charge of Iran, he could, he really could have done a lot better, but he's corrupt. He knows that. <laughs> you, he, the, the person that, that you're talking about is just looking at you like, uh, are you talking about me? You know, so many people in this, you know, the press is really corrupt here. The press is fake. It's corrupt. And they know that. And he points to them. They know that. They know that they're corrupt. They know that they're shit people. <laughs> so let's, that's not even up for debate. You know, these people over here sitting here with their microphones taking notes, they know that they're peasants. They know that they're the scum of the earth. Let's not even talk about them. Let's talk about we're doing tremendous in Wisconsin. It's looking very good in Pennsylvania. You know, we're up by the latest polls. We're up by 10 points in Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, they said it couldn't be we couldn't win Pennsylvania, but we won in uh, 2016. We're looking forward to a another campaign in Pennsylvania. So, uh, oh, by the way, you know, a lot of people in the media, they're corrupt. They, they know they're corrupt. We know they're trash, but, you know, we're going to do We're just going to keep going. Politics. I mean, I used to be the king of getting good press. I was very good at it, <laughs> and I got good. I, I mean, they covered me it. well for what otherwise I probably wouldn't be here. And once I ran, I said, boy, this is incredible. But if you see the way they treat my family, used to be treated great. Uh, my family works so hard. Uh, the people that work with me, these people, all of these people, they work so hard. They've done such a good look. We have the greatest economy we've ever had. We have a military, two and a half trillion dollars. We've rebuilt our military. You don't hear the vets complaining. We got choice approved. Any of the vets complaining, am I right? But when you see what happened with the viciousness, Mm. and when you see little Adam Schiff go out and lie and lie and stand at the mic. Smart guy, by the way. (laughs) 
He's a big fan of the compliment sandwiches, the Don. You know, when you see that little piece of shit, Adam Schiff, go out there every night, stand behind the mic, and he does the little body position and lie and lie and lie. Smart guy, by the way. Very smart guy. (laughs) So then the headline is, uh, Adam Schiff lies, but he's a smart guy. Donald Trump. (laughs) End at the mic and act like he's so serious. And then he goes into a room with Nadler and they must laugh their asses off. (laughs) They must laugh their asses off. But it's so bad for our country. Wow. Uh, people have said Rush Limbaugh, great man. Great man, Rush Limbaugh. Sean Hannity <laughs> said it. A lot of people have said it. Mark Levin, they said they don't know if one man anywhere in the world with all the men they know or woman that could handle what I've had to handle. <laughs> He's so good at working in compliments of himself as well. You know, Rush Limbaugh, great man. Tremendous man. Uh, Sean Hannity said it. Mark Levin. They all say that I'm basically Superman. You know, they say in private, I don't say this. Some people say this, but I don't. But some people refer to me as Batman because they're not sure how one guy like me could put up with all of the pressure and all of the lies and all of the deception from not only little Adam Schiff, who's a smart guy, by the way, but also you trashy individuals in the media. Not not you individual, but they know who they are. They know that they're trash. They know that they're shitty people. And they don't know how I do it. Yeah, I just do it. And I think that's true, but I handle it. To me, it's like putting on a suit. All right, uh, how about one more uh, question? Question on the economy. A question on the economy. To me, to me it's like putting on a suit. <laughs> yeah. At this point, a woman from uh, Venezuela, Pennsylvania. Oh, we stay in Pennsylvania. Uh, A woman from Pennsylvania gets up to ask a question, but what I really want to draw your attention to here is not so much the question that's being asked, but if you'll look here, if you can see my mouse pointer, in the top left-hand side of the screen, sitting in the front row, as he always does, is Jim Acosta, ladies and gentlemen. Now, (laughs) Jim Acosta wasn't, wasn't allowed to ask a question at this press conference. And Jim Acosta doesn't like it when Jim Acosta isn't allowed to ask Donald Trump questions. As you can well imagine, Jim Acosta has quite a high high regard of himself. Jim Acosta has just been referred to essentially as trash, as corrupt, and he knows it, apparently. (laughs) According to the president, he knows he's corrupt. He's part of the corrupt press. So he's a little bit pissy. Now, I want you to look very carefully whilst this lovely young lady begins asking her question on behalf of the good people of Venezuela, I want you to watch as Jim Acosta turns to watch her and then just watch, just check, look at his facial expressions. And I want you to tell me if Jim Acosta looks like a man who is satisfied with his lot in this press conference. Let's have a look. What can be done to contain this? Because you have to understand too, <clears throat> Jim Acosta has previously gotten upset when reporters get up and can't speak good English. Do you remember that? I can't remember. I can't remember which press conference it was for, but he got really angry and he he went on CNN and he's like, you know, I couldn't believe it. He was taking questions from people who could barely speak English, and that that of course he didn't get pulled up on that because that would be that would be racist, Jim, wouldn't it? To criticize people for their accents, 
But on this particular occasion, it's like, how can you ask somebody who doesn't speak English? How can you get them to ask a question before I'm allowed to ask a question? You know, that's that's how he felt offended. Like, I'm more important than these foreigners. So why are you going to them instead of me? So once he picks up on the accent, he starts hearing that she's struggling to get the words out in English. He turns and gives her dagger eyes that must go right through the back of her skull. Look at this. What are they looking for in that country? And because the special envoy, Mr. Abrams, said that the Russians okay, are willing to negotiate. There he is. Look this at is those one eyes. Question and the other, <laughs> Mr. President, you said... Let's see if we can crop this out, perhaps. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, can I make this big? Can I zoom this in? Dun, 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 dun. I don't know how to zoom this. Come on, go bigger. Go bigger. That's not going to do it. God, there has to be a way to zoom this up. I don't know. Can't zoom it. Wish I could. Wish I could figure it out. But look at that. Look at those devil eyes right there. Look at that. <laughs> the furrowed brow. The He's doing like the rock eyebrow impression. For the podcast listeners, you can't see it. It's like, mm, he's seething. That the socialist is one of the biggest challenger. You say it yesterday <laughs> in the Sour United Puts Nations. Jim. But the region is far from... Fi- from Look at him. He, he hasn't blinked. He's just staring. <laughs> <laughs> Sourpuss Jimmy boy. Isn't it fantastic? Some of the chat said, Boogie, you're having way too much fun. <laughs> Safe. Maduro is still oh, a dictator. Oh. Full <laughs> in po- yes. Yes. Power ban and. Oh, ne- oh, yes. That's perfect. All right. I have to zoom this up. I have to find a way to do this. Um, Let's do. This, this, nope, that won't do it. Sorry, guys. I know this is this is riveting stuff. Riveting stuff. I know. Okay. We're getting there. (laughs) Absolutely riveting. How about... There you go. So there's no dead air. It's better be worth it, by the way, Jim. It's better better be worth ruining my broadcast. Sorry. I apologize to everybody. Okay, we can do better than that. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Jim Acosta. (laughs) 
There he is. There's Jimbo. <laughs> Who the fuck is this? Why is she speaking to me? That, ladies and gentlemen, is the look that you give when you think your shit don't stink. That is the look that you give to the world when you think you are so much more important, when you have so much more value than everybody else in the room. This is the this is the look of a dangerous narcissistic man who wallows in his own pride and simultaneously wallows in his own misery. <laughs> this is a man who is overpaid and under-talented, but would see himself as underpaid and underused. Look at that face. And this guy wants to talk about the free press being under attack. There he is, Jimbo. Jimbo. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> In Argentina and Brazil are under threat about the... So All right. Uh, I want to go to this. Pelosi says Trump uh, must be held accountable. I just want to do a quick little wrap-up before we finish up um, of what was going on in the last couple of days before this most brilliant... Please take it down. My eyes hurt. <laughs> I just want to go over the conversation that was happening in the last couple of days and the kind of bullshit that was being that people were being swamped with from the corporate press, thinking that this is going to be the end of the world, this is the end of Donald Trump, oh, it's awful, and, oh, and the conspiracy, ladies and gentlemen, and the treason, and, oh, it's awful, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Only to have the president of the Ukraine come out, sit casually with Donald Trump, make jokes at the, at the press's expense to their face, to have Donald Trump treat the press like with complete disdain, like we pointed out in that press conference, so it's all amounted to nothing. It's all a complete shit show. But I just got a quick reminder. This was Adam Schiff only 24 hours ago, ladies and gentlemen. Damning than I or many others had imagined. Uh, it is shocking. It, it's, it's, he's talking about the transcript. It's more damning than we imagined. It is shocking. <laughs> damning and shocking. I, I for one, Mr. Mr. President, I for one am shocked. I am shocked and appalled. Damning than I or many others had imagined. Uh, it is shocking uh, at another level that the White House uh, would release this, these notes uh, and felt that somehow this would help the president's case or cause. Imagine how detached you'd have to be to think that releasing the phone conversation that you're basically accusing him of treason, right? You are saying that he is like a mafia boss because of what transpired during this phone conversation. Imagine being so detached that the guy you're accusing of treason for a phone conversation comes out and just releases the phone conversation. Oh, this this proves that he's really scared. <laughs> this proves that it's shocking and awful. <laughs> Which is and I can't I can't even fathom why he would release it to everybody because it's so obviously treasonous. It's so obviously really bad for the guy. Why would he just let everybody read it? Oh my god, I can't figure this out. <laughs> like how how desperate for spin are you at this point? Now, I don't think Schiff is a moron. I don't think he's stupid. I think he's a really smart guy. Smart guy, by the way, Adam Schiff. 
But he, like, now we were just doing faces. We just looked at Jim Acosta. If you look at this face on Adam Schiff, this is a man defeated. This is a man who is clawing and scratching and trying. He's working overtime with his PR people to try and find ways to keep the momentum going. Because once that phone conversation gets released to the public, all of the innuendo goes up in smoke, right? You can no longer make... They probably thought he's not going to release it to the Republic. uh, To the Republic. To the public. He's not going to release it. So we can just keep making these accusations and smears and constant... It was treason. He betrayed us. He's a crub. He's a crook. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Just keep going with it. So Trump, you know, waits about two days or so. And he's like, all right, here you go. Here's the phone conversation. There you go. Now what? And so he's probably been up all night. He hasn't slept. He's drowning in noodle boxes while he and his team are trying to figure out ways to continue the attack without looking moronic. But of course, it's very difficult to do that when he releases the, t- when he releases the transcript. Because all of the innuendo you were banking on now disappears. Now you have to come up with something else. So now you attack the guy for releasing it. <laughs> That's all you've got left. You can no longer attack the guy for what's in it. Now you have to attack the guy because he released it because there's nothing in it. You see? Because what those notes reflect is oh, yeah. a classic mafia-like shakedown of a foreign leader. <laughs> A classic mafia-like shakedown of a foreign leader. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen. He went there. Uh, You want to hear that line again? What these notes reflect is... Come on, Adam. It is a classic mafia-like shakedown of a foreign leader. (laughs) You mean this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you mean this conversation? This this is the shakedown of a foreign leader? Fantastically well. And Look at the shakedown. Thank you, Thank you very much. Oh, my God. The smiling, the handshaking, the body language, the laughing, the casual conversation, the cheeriness, the thanking of the president for the invitation, and the great respect and admiration shown between the two leaders. This is exactly what happens in the mafia, guys. This is exactly how the mafias shake down shop owners. <laughs> Look at this. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Great pleasure to me to be here. Like in in when you think of uh, classic mafia style shakedowns, do you picture this? Is this what like genuinely? You know, I could be wrong here. But when I think of the mafia shaking down somebody, I don't think of the two people, the mob boss and the guy who's being shaken down, sitting casually and making jokes and talking to the world's press about the shakedown and saying that there is no shakedown. No, no, we weren't being pressured. It was a very nice conversation, very casual conversation. And we're doing our best to get rid of corruption. No, don't listen to him. It's a shakedown. The problem that Adam Schiff and the rest of these fucking idiots have now is it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful what's happened here. The invitation to the Ukrainian president to come out and sit down and explain to everybody that it's not a shakedown, the casual way that they've gone about this, it's perfect because now what happens is the only way that the Democrats can continue to make this a story is if they treat the president of the Ukraine with complete disrespect, right? 
because now they, in order to maintain the impeachment narrative, in order to maintain the rage, in order to continue the facade that this is some kind of treasonous act, they are going to have to disregard everything that the president of the Ukraine says. <laughs> well, you know, we're very concerned with what was in uh, the transcript, and we think that this is like a classic mafia style of uh, standover tactic here that the president has been doing with the, uh, the leader of the Ukraine. And, you know, I think it's very corrupt behavior. And I think he's doing very bad things. It's, it's very corrupt behavior, very treasonous behavior. And, you know, he needs to be held accountable. This is a republic here. We got laws and shit. So we can't allow Donald Trump to uh, pressure foreign governments to help in his political campaign. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, just I just want to mention that uh, I'm very happy for uh, to meet Mr. Trump. And I'm very, very happy to be working with him. And uh, there was no pressure. There was no pressure. Okay, so like I was saying, this guy pressured the leader of the Ukraine. No, no, I must, I'm afraid I must object. There, there's no pressure. It's very good conversation. We have good conversation. And there's a lot of respect between uh, myself and uh, Mr. Trump. And a lot of respect, no pressure, no pressure. He's good. He's very good. Okay, so, uh, he's, you know, don't worry about this guy. Don't listen to this guy. We know that the president that the president of the Ukraine was under pressure, okay? We know that Donald Trump was trying to strong-arm this guy like a, like a kind of mafia-style tactic, all right? We know that this was taking place because <laughs> he's a mob boss. He really is. He's a piece of shit. No, no, no push. No pressure. <laughs> we do good things. We work together. He's very nice. He's a very nice man. We have nice conversation. Okay, can you kick this guy out of here, please? Can you get rid of this fucking guy out of here? We're talking about the president of the Ukraine being put under pressure, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about another world leader being bullied by this president into opening an investigation on his rivals. We can't allow that. No, no, you don't understand. He's a good man. We have good conversation. Why are you kicking me away? <laughs> that, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to put like a cone of silence around the president of the Ukraine in order to accuse Donald Trump of pressuring the president of the Ukraine. Somehow, I think it's not going to work. <laughs> Somehow, I think it's not going to go the way that the Democrats plan it might. Um, tell you what, one more. Let's finish off on a high note. Spartacus, ladies and gentlemen, who himself has eyes on the prize when it comes to the White House, uh, he wasn't going to let Adam Schiff steal all the glory. He wasn't going to let Adam Schiff, you know, be the knight in shining armor here and defend the honor of the president of the Ukraine against his will. <laughs> Spartacus decided to get in on the action and uh, throw his big swing and dick around and talk about what a what an absolute tragedy and a betrayal that what Donald Trump apparently did, which he didn't do, which the president of the Ukraine says he didn't do and the transcript says he didn't do. But they, they're going to say that he did it anyway. So, uh, Mr. Booker T got himself on CNN, Spartacus, and had this to say. All right, joining me now to talk about this and much more is 2020 Democratic presidential candidate, Senator Cory Booker. He looks so serious, doesn't he? How, how, how about a smile, Cory? Would a smile kill you? Maybe you would get more votes if you smiled more often. Like, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to kill you. Why don't you lighten up a bit? 
I mean, all of this talk about betrayal and corruption and espionage and racism, always with the racism. Don't forget the racism. Constantly with the racism and the white supremacy, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, everything's turning to shit. Uh, it's a horrible place. Everybody hates everybody. Why don't, you, why don't you just liven up a little bit and smile from time to time? You'd be surprised. Smiles open doors, I've been told. So if you just smile occasionally, uh, you'll be amazed how people might receive you differently. But that's free advice. You can take that one to the bank, Spartacus. He visited Ukraine as part of the Foreign Relations Committee Center. Uh, the <laughs> That's it, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> Do you see what's happening here? Well, you know, uh, and... <laughs> you see... Do you see the, the fucking pantomime that's being put out around this? Wait. Uh, Cory Booker once visited the Ukraine on a junket? Oh, my. He must be some kind of fucking expert. <laughs> The president, the president just sat down with the president of the Ukraine. How about that? Right? Never mind that. Corey, Corey once spent a few hours in the hotel at, at, in a hotel at Odessa while he was waiting for a connecting flight. <laughs> he knows everything there is to know about the Ukraine. <laughs> we decided to convene an expert panel to discuss this Ukraine letter. Uh, we know that Donald Trump is live on the other channel right now talking to the president of the Ukraine, but luckily for us, we have managed to get hold of uh, Cory Booker, himself running for president. Uh, he once spent 45 minutes in an airport lodge while he was waiting for a flight to the UK. Uh, Mr. Booker, 45 minutes you spent in the Ukraine. Do you feel that you're ready? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the Ukraine. His personal lawyer tells us that he has been read. What we're being told is a transcript of this call where Congress hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> now, every, hey, dipshit, everybody's seen it now. <laughs> Look at the Chiron. Ru Rudy Giuliani claims UK, uh, Ukraine uh, transcript has been read to him. Oh, <laughs> now everybody's read it, you piece of shit. <laughs> See, yesterday, they thought that they were on a winning team here. They thought that this is a kill shot, man. They thought that there is no possible way that this could turn out bad. Welcome to the dark side. So, because the, the, all the secrecy around the letter, all of the secrecy around the transcript, nobody really knows what was said. We can just fill in the gaps. We can just make a whole bunch of shit up. And we're just, we're just going to hammer this guy for a week or two. And he's going to be on the floor. He'll be begging, begging for mercy. But that was yesterday. <laughs> 24 hours later, everybody's read the transcript. There's nothing in the transcript. Donald Trump and the leader of the Ukraine himself are sitting in the same room, shaking hands, telling jokes about the press that are sitting directly in front of them about this whole affair. What? No pressure. No, it's good. I love, I love Mr. Trump. I love America. <laughs> so what, what did Cory Booker have to say? So the president of the United States, I mean, this is what should be stunning to everybody. And stunning. partisanship should sear away right now yeah. to the ugly <laughs> truth that this president is running the White House 
like his own personal business. And those of us in New Jersey know how badly he ran his businesses. And he has used his office at a time that there is a war going on there. Oh. As you said, I have visited with not only our U.S. soldiers yeah. in the region, but yeah. actually in the Dumbask region, the Ukrainian soldiers are putting their lives on the line lives on and the have line. been relying on the United States, our defensive capabilities to help them yep. in a hot war going on there. Yep. And what for the, the a bipartisan... Um, Corey, Senator, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, excuse me, I don't want to... I don't want to interrupt, Mr. Booker. Uh, what the hell are you saying? What the hell does this have to do with the transcript? Can you get to the point? Can we wrap it up? Wrap it up, Mr. Booker. In Congress to say, here's the resources to do it, and this mm. president to hold it up yep. um, in, in the most thuggish imaginable way thuggish. for his own personal thuggish. end, that is the very definition of corruption. And so <laughs> this is just spiraling, in my opinion, oh, with yeah. uh, this announcement today. <laughs> You bet your sweet ass it is. <laughs> oh, it's spiraling, all right. Do you want to say it's spiraling, Mr. Booker? Here you go. <laughs> and, uh, it's better to be on TV than by phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's your spiral, mate. <laughs> look at those. Look at those white pearlies. Look at back. They almost glisten with the flash of the camera. <laughs> This is this whole situation is spiraling out of control. People are putting their lives on the line. It's a hot war, folks. There's a war going on over there. This is getting out of control. This is corruption. <laughs> He's running it like a mafia family, guys. This is spiraling right out of control. Oh my god. Help us! Help us! <laughs> these fucking these fucking people, mate. It's deeply oh. it should be deeply offensive to deeply any member offensive. of Congress, no matter what. Deeply offensive. Deeply offensive. Well, it's not offensive to the president of the of the Ukraine. He seems to like it. <laughs> You know, every every member of every member of Congress should be deeply offended by this. Deeply offended. <laughs> You're deeply offended. <laughs> you big pussy. You know, we laugh. We we have fun. We make joke. Yeah, we we just make joke. You deeply offended. We make joke. We have good respect. I love I love Trump. Trump loved me. He's good. Good. Too good. We're a good team. We root out the corruption. We make fun party that that a private lawyer who's been mm. in the ukraine god knows what he's been doing for months and months and months god, uh, digging up god knows what he's been doing for months and months and months well you don't fucking know <laughs> that's why you're here on tv making a dick of yourself dirt trying to conduct the, the president's personal affairs or uh, political affairs um this is a sad day for this country sad and day this for, scandal it's a sad day for the country this day. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. It's a sad day for the country. <laughs> as it continues to unfold, oh, yeah. uh, has, has tremendous worse, implications for who we are as, as a democracy. Yep. What are you looking oh, at? So we're back to we're back to a democracy again. Yesterday, when Nancy Pelosi was speaking, it was a republic. Now it's a democracy again. 
Can you keep up with these clowns? Unbelievable. For in what we're being told is a transcript. We don't know what form it will take, <laughs> how it will be redacted, how it will be filtered before we see it. But what? <laughs> Look, we don't know anything about the transcript. We don't know what's in the transcript. We don't know who was talking in the transcript. We don't know what they were talking about in the transcript. We don't know how much, but we what we need to convey to our viewers at this point is whatever comes out with the transcript, we don't know how much of it is going to be redacted. And I want you to focus on that word redacted because when redacted sections of the transcript come out, I want you to automatically associate the redacted portions with where all the corruption happens, you see, because they're so devious and so corrupt. So if there's any redactions in the memo, then you'll know that's where the corruption is, even if it's like one word, even if it's just like one word that's redacted, that's gonna be where the corruption's in. So we need to demand an unredacted transcript then the unredacted transcript comes out and Adam Schiff goes on TV immediately after and says, I can't believe he, re he released the transcript. What a fucking lunatic. Nobody wanted to see the transcript. That transcript should have been buried as soon as it came out. Nobody should be seeing this transcript. This is unacceptable. If it was redacted, they'd be, they'd be saying, we need to see the unredacted transcript. And if he unredacts it, they say, why are you giving us a transcript? This is, this is so dangerous. You're a lunatic. You're a madman. What are you looking for in that? And also... We've been told that the whistleblower complaint itself mm. will be turned over to Congress. Oh, yeah. What do you want to see out of this? Well, I want to see a full, unvarnished truth. I want to see the whole transcript. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to see, Mr. Booker? I want to see the full transcript. Well... Would you like to look behind door number one? Here's the transcript. <laughs> what do we think? What do we think about Donald Trump releasing the whole transcript, Mr. Schiff? Shocking uh, at another level that the White House uh, would release this, these notes. Uh... <laughs> it's shocking. It's shocking that they would release the transcript. What I want to see is the full unvarnished truth. I want to see the transcript released to the public. Well, I think it's shocking that the transcript was released to the public. You, you can't keep up with these people. These people are psychotic in their messaging. They can't, they can't even go 12 hours and stay on the same line as each other. They have no idea what they're doing. It's comical. We want the, the transcript's going to be redacted. Well, we don't want the redacted transcript. We should have the whole transcript in its entirety. The whole transcript? Who the hell asked for the whole transcript? That's insane. Why would you put out the whole transcript? That's shocking to me. You know, there's all kinds of uh, treasonous behavior and awful behavior in this transcript. I demand to see it. Really? Here it is. Oh, don't show me the transcript. But now I've seen the transcript. Now I can honestly say that it's clear. It's so evident that the president has pressured the the leader of the Ukraine to go along with this investigation into Joe Biden. Hello, I am president of Ukraine, and I would like to say I did not feel any push at all. I did not feel any pressure. It was a good conversation between myself and Donald Trump. And, you know, it's better to be uh, talking on TV than uh, listening to phone conversation because you, you people seem to listen anyway. <laughs> Now what? <laughs> Don't listen to the guy in the Ukraine. This is treason. 
Let's go to Hillary Clinton for a comment. Donald Trump has betrayed our country. These people are fucking insane. <laughs> insane. Oh, I love it. Think we might leave it there for one day. Otherwise, I'm going to blow a puff of valve. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Quick reminder, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to release the memo and be very good friend, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Don't forget to follow our friends, please, at real person PLTCS, at ChrisMC44, at YCensored underscore tomorrow night for Kimmy's show. Uh, I'll be back on Sunday night with Trust and Verify with the Flying Hawaiian and following that. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, once again, we'll do it all over again. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to the Patreon subscribers. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.